I have a story about my great-great-grandfather. He was a reverend during the early 1900s. Before he passed away in 1966, he gave my grandmother a blessing. That blessing being that three generations, starting with her, would always be looked after and safe from harm. This is something she would mention every now and then, whenever someone would take a trip or move to a different city. I think it just gave her comfort that at the end of the day, we would all be okay. I grew up extremely close to my grandmother as she helped raise me while my parents had their issues. Religion was never really talked about, but I know she definitely believed in the spirit world and would tell me about feelings she would encounter after someone she loved had passed. Skip a few years, I am now the age of 10. My father remarried and moved us from her house. During the move, I remember very distinctly sitting upon a chair at our new kitchen counter, which has a clear view of the front door. As my father and a few of his friends were bringing in boxes, a very tall and slender man walked in some time behind them. He was eerily pale and had a stern look. I didn't move because I figured it to be just another friend of my father's. But as he walked straight towards me, he began to vanish until he was no longer visible. I told my father about what just happened, and one of his new neighbor friends joked that the streets were filled with walking ghosts if you paid close enough attention, so it was sort of pushed aside. Forward to me being around 16, my grandmother really got into genealogy and found a distant relative who had a small biographical book made about her grandfather, the reverend. This was my first time seeing an image of him, and I instantly knew this was the man I saw that day when we first moved into that house. She of course believed me, saying that he watches over all of us. Now, forward to me getting my first apartment at the age of 18, I was having a friend stay over, so that way I wouldn't feel so alone. At the time, I only had a futon, so I let him sleep on the bed and I threw down a bunch of blankets on the floor for me to crash on. At some point in the night, he groggily woke me up and said there was a man standing inside the room, but he vanished as quickly as he saw him. I asked if he was tall, slender, and very pale, with short gray hair. My friend instantly confirmed, and all I had to say was, oh, that's just my great-grandfather checking in on things. Don't mind him. Submit your questions and stories to ScreamQueerCast at gmail.com or by submitting them to Instagram at ScreamQueerPodcast and catch new episodes every Tuesday morning wherever podcasts are streamed. Remember to rate and subscribe. Welcome to the Scream Queer Podcast with Ralph Anthony. The following content contains topics describing graphic violence, strong sexual content, explicit language, and elements that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What 
is going on, ladies, gents, and my non-binary friends? Thank you so much for listening into this episode. I hope you all are doing wonderful. I hope you all are thriving. And as always, I hope you all are hanging in there. I'm still here, okay? I'm hanging on tight. And I'm just, I'm so excited because we are, if you're listening to this episode on release day, which is Tuesday, we're 98 days away from Halloween and 68 days away from October. And then the season will be in full effect. And I actually decorate for Halloween August 1st, so I can have three months of it. I'm greedy. What can I say? Moving on. But the way I see it is there are two types of people in this world. Okay, follow me. Those that love summer and heat and just being all toasty in the hot sun by a pool. And then there's those that love fall and scary shit. And actually, there's a third type of person. And that's those that hate people who love fall. I can already see all the fucking memes about it. And you know what I'm talking about. They do it for fucking Leo season too. I'm a Leo, so I, I, for some reason, my feed always just sends me these, these posts, or they just like pop up, and it's like about Leo's egos and all this. I mean, at first I used to get like kind of irritated about it, like why are you so mad? Like just whatever. But now it's actually kind of funny. Like I, they're pretty creative and and they're definitely hilarious. But. But anyway, I'm so excited. I just I just love the whole vibe and feeling of fall. I live in a fucking valley, so summer is pretty much always miserable. It's usually like 100 to 115 degrees of pure dry or sometimes humid heat. But actually, now that I think about it, even then, um, October is it's cold. It's well, not, that's not really cold. It's kind of chilly in the mornings, and then it's like 90 degrees by lunchtime, so... If you see me and I'm dripping sweat with my fall coat and my scarf and my pumpkin spice latte, just leave me be, leave me alone. Moving on. I actually am excited to see where this podcast goes for its first ever Halloween season. Like, what do you all think I should, I should do? Should I like collab with horror podcasts or paranormal creators, all of the above, I need some feedback on that, so send me some DMs at Scream Queer Podcasts Instagram. Okay, so the feedback on these last few episodes has been great. The podcast slash creator community has just been so fucking fantastic. But I'm not just talking about feedback about my show. The number of creators that I've had the pleasure to check out myself has been so cool. I really mean it when I say I need new podcasts to listen to. I really watch TV unless it's an old show I've already seen the 10,000 times. So when I'm not doing that or playing video games, I check out other podcasts. And then I'll do little shout outs on the podcast Instagram of my favorite picks of that week, usually on Fridays. And it gets the conversation going. It really does. Now, One show that's been fucking fantastic to us here at SQP, us, (laughs) as if I have a whole ass team behind me, it's just me, y'all. It's just me and my six personalities. But one show that's been very kind to Scream Queer Podcast is the Sorta Kinda Funny Podcast. 
And it's a comedy podcast where siblings Lauren and James read funny stories that are submitted or find humor in embarrassing or traumatizing moments. I should submit a shit ton of my life stories. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. I've recently enjoyed the awkward adolescence episode, which was beyond relatable. I also got a special shout out on their millennial complaints episode. And I just want to say thank you guys so much. Keep up the great work. Keep making us laugh. And I'll keep making you feel those raw emotions with my productions. And I will definitely work on an ASMR episode for those of you that like the sound okay i that's one thing that i have been catching on to anytime someone is just being so kind they always bring up the fact that i have like a nice voice and i've never really seen it like that because i've always thought my voice was kind of annoying um but they're like no like it's it's very calming it's soothing and i I mean, because I'm talking in my regular voice, but, like, if you listen to some of my collab episodes, like, my voice gets kind of high, and, like, that's what, I think that's where I'm, like, okay, you're fucking annoying, but, but, no, I should probably cash in on that idea of, like, ASMR or something, what do you guys think? One thing that they pointed out on the last two episodes was the lack of 4th of July content, so, ending out this month with a bang, no pun intended. This next segment is called Dead, Fright, and True. These are all accounts that actually happened, and they were submitted to a forum on Reddit from first responders, witnesses, and or the accident victims. Look... It's a last-minute segment. Bear with me. As always, it's not for the faint of heart. So let's go on this ride together. Indianetic recalls, I had a nine-year-old lose an eye a few years ago. An older kid shot a bottle rocket at him, and the bottle rocket hit him right in the eye. The globe ruptured from the explosion. Didn't see that one coming, did he? <laughs> Kids can be so fucking cruel. Nice Saws says, Some drunk guy was holding a mortar tube. He turned it towards him and put his hand over the tube to hopefully stop it from coming out. He ended up blowing up the majority of his hand and burned a hole into his abdomen. Okay, which hand though? I had a patient who thought it would be funny to light their farts with the lighter. When they were drunk, their perineal area was scorched. Please drink responsibly and be careful with flammable objects. 15 jackets submitted. Okay, but when was lighting farts on fire ever funny though? <laughs> like, when would that become a thing? This next one is some final destination type of incident. So, Cosbury13 submits. This group of friends decided to stuff a coffee can with fireworks. There was a variety of fireworks in there. They put a makeshift fuse into the can and lit it off. When the fireworks ignited, the metal can was obliterated and turned into little pieces. Some of the fireworks went through, went towards them instead of up into the sky. They started running for their lives and one of them ended up with shrapnel in his back. 
His friends literally stabbed him in the back with that one. And oh my God. Like, I just, I, I want to know people's like thought process when attempting to do things like this. Like, it, it just, I really want to know. I want to like sit with them and be like, okay, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think something positive is going to come out of this? Like, I get it. I get it, like the whole fun aspect, but some of these things, like, you just, like, even if, like, as I was reading this, I was like, this is going to fucking blow up. Next one. <laughs> this is not firework related either, but a user going by PMME underscore your underscore lovely underscore boobs. I had to treat a priapism on the 4th of July when on my emergency medicine rotation in medical school. A priapism is when you have an erection that will not subside on its own after four hours. I'll never forget the look on the patient's face as I held his erect penis in one hand and then stuck a needle in it. God bless America. back everyone i've got some listener submitted questions here upon skimming through some of them i've chosen three they range from pretty mild to some pretty nsfw ones which i haven't really answered lately so if you're new here you heard it in the opening intro title sequence submit your questions and your stories to screamqueercast at gmail.com or via instagram at screamqueerpodcast all entries remain completely anonymous so don't be shy question one what advice would you give a guy who has never been on a date with another guy before i've lived a predominantly straight life and have recently embraced my attraction to men in a world of hooking up apps i'm taking an approach that seemed to have gone obsolete loving the podcast thank you so much and first off welcome to the other side actually one of the many other sides but my best advice would be to i mean simply be yourself as cliche as that comes off um try to stay open-minded like you stated if you've never really been on this side of things just be prepared to possibly experience and hear things you wouldn't hear on a date with a woman uh also be sure to communicate openly i think dating is about getting to know each other and seeing if you both can build a connection pretty much without really forcing anything so just make sure to be genuine and enjoy the experience don't be afraid to ask questions and show interest in the other person i'd say most importantly trust your instincts just have fun no one is saying this is gonna be the one so i mean it could be possibly but i wouldn't stress too much about it good luck and definitely submit a follow-up i want to know how this how this turns out for you question two not a oh it's not it's this one's not a question everyone okay not a question but a horrifying experience i was talking with this guy on scruff we were sending nudes etc he was a bottom so the night comes where we agreed to hook up he told me to go to him which was not a problem he also told me to arrive hard gave me his address left his place unlocked and gave me instructions on where he'll be exactly so i walk in it's pitch black 
I'm not really scared because I've seen porns where the tops walk into a bottom that's waiting on all fours for them. They do what they need to then leave. Crazy culture, huh? I see purple lights in the hallway and head towards that. I enter the purple lit room. This is hot. I'm ready to go in. I see him. He's ready. On all fours waiting for me. I remember some chain smokers song playing. God is that music <laughs> God is that music trash. It almost made the situation that much worse. As I get closer, I don't mean to be graphic, but when I tell you it looked as if this guy hadn't wiped his ass. Oh my gosh. Uh, to end on a high note, my boner died and I said I'm not into this and left. <laughs> When I tell you I feel sick reading this, uh, please wipe your asses before sex or hooking up. Like, he could have at least made the outside look presentable. Like, come on. Oh, my gosh. That's moving on. Uh, thank you for your submission. <laughs> wow. Um, question three. Why do you think horror films are almost taboo amongst mainstream? A lot of my friends are freaked out or turned off by my interest in the genre. Honestly, same. Uh, a lot of my friends are uh, really turned off to like horror films and stuff like that. Um, I think it's disregarded or taboo with mainstream probably due to the fact that they mostly, not all, not all horror films contain graphic violence and gore or disturbing imagery that a lot of people can find unsettling or distressing. I also feel like horror films often play on people's fears and our anxieties. There's literally movies about spiders, snakes, and other common phobias. I'll tell you this, though, I'll never sit through an eight-legged freaks arachnophobia or itsy bitsy type of film like i i just i can't or even the thing like just like weird things that like look like insects that go into bodies and uh i just i i i can't do it i can't do it i also <laughs> but i also know that horror films are uh looked down upon by some cultures or religious individuals that may have strong beliefs against the portrayal of like supernatural or occult themes and they might view horror films as either promoting negative values or glamorizing the devil i have a few friends who i actually just shared the scream franchise with they enjoyed them but they said when growing up their parents never really let them watch certain things on tv or like scary movies so they were really closed off to the world of horror and can i add can i just add if you're trying to introduce a girlfriend boyfriend friend whoever to the horror genre i'm just saying i'm just saying the scream franchise is the perfect entryway trust me on this i should do like a deep dive on horror and it's like effects on the on the human mind and probably like seek out like a therapist to come on here and like share their insights on the whole genre i know of one who analyzes horror films and goes into their like deeper meanings as far as like trauma and all of that it's a really cool concept and i think the only type of therapist driven podcast i could actually like sit through i'm a child i have a short attention span okay but 
anyway, closing out this question, lastly, I think horror films can really challenge societal norms and really push boundaries, which can lead to discomfort or resistance from the audience. Not all horror films end on a happy note. And to me, that's how life is. It's not always a happy ending for us. So as far as not liking horror for that reason, I get it. People want to watch a film to have an escape from the horrors and responsibilities of the real world. And like I said, this could be a really deep topic and we can dig deeper, but not today. Again, if you'd like to ask me something that'll get my brain going, send them via Instagram DM or the Gmail account. Thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you that send them in. If I don't get to it now, I promise I will get to it eventually. Stefani's first known victim was Karen Potak, a 19-year-old prostitute whom he attacked in January of 1980. He picked her up in his car, and after a sexual encounter, he violently assaulted and strangled her. Potak's body was discovered later, and despite an investigation, Stefani was not immediately linked to the crime. The second attack occurred on August 21st, 1980, when he targeted Kimberly Compton, an 18-year-old student. He offered her a ride, but then proceeded to assault, stab, and strangle her. Miraculously, Kimberly survived the attack and managed to provide crucial details about her attacker to the police. 
Despite Kimberly's description, Stefani remained unidentified and continued his violent spree. He murdered 33-year-old Kathleen Greening in April 1981 after picking her up and later stabbing and strangling her. On September 16, 1981, Stefani attacked another woman named Denise Williams. He stabbed her multiple times and left her for dead, but she survived and was able to give a description of her assailant to the authorities. The fifth and final murder attributed to Stefani occurred on October 21, 1982, when he brutally killed Barbara Simons. After the attack, he made a series of phone calls to the police and local media, confessing to the murders. During these calls, he sobbed and expressed deep remorse for his actions, earning him the moniker, the weepy-voiced killer. Stefani's distinctive voice and emotional confessions garnered significant media attention. The authorities traced the calls to a location near his residence, and he was eventually arrested on November 1st, 1982. In custody, Stefani confessed to all the attacks, revealing the details of each crime. He explained that he experienced an overpowering urge to kill and believed that calling the police after each murder would somehow prevent him from committing more crimes. During his trial, Stefani's defense team argued that he suffered from mental illness and a split personality disorder. The jury found him guilty of murder, and he received three consecutive life sentences for the murders of Kimberly Compton, Kathleen Greening, and Barbara Simons. In 1998, Paul Michael Stefani took his own life by hanging himself in his prison cell. His case remains a chilling display of a serial killer who sought attention and communicated his remorse in a distinctive emotional manner, leaving a lasting impact on those involved in the investigation and the public alike. Thank you so much for listening in to this episode. As we head into the month of August, which is my birthday month, I just want to say I may or may not be going on a brief hiatus. No! It really just depends how busy the month turns out. But I have really exciting news. I will be on a few other podcasts. So definitely keep an eye out for those. I will probably post those on the podcast Instagram at Scream Queer Podcast. But as far as birthday festivities, I'll be having a murder mystery party because duh. And I may go on a few trips. So not to mention, I'm still sorting out some stuff with my health and all that fun stuff. But if you're interested, my birthday is August 8th. Links in my link tree if you'd like to buy me a shot or not. Maybe send me a nude, some birthday wishes. I'm grateful for whatever. I don't care. But anywho, I'll be in touch on the podcast Instagram, like I said, with schedule changes, etc. So just be sure to follow me on Instagram at Scream Queer Podcast. But as always, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Like I always say, it helps me more than you know. It helps to show out more than you know. But until the next episode, I will scare you all on the next one. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, Please make sure that you guys all clean your ass before a hookup. Okay, let this episode be your lesson. Nighty night.